Thanks for tuning in to the second episode of the JR Takes podcast with your hosts. I am Jonah Hoffman. And I'm Ryan Rogers. And uh, I think today we are going to be discussing the upcoming NFL draft. Ryan, uh, we did a little mock draft. Are you feeling pretty confident with your selections of uh, the first round? Yeah, and just so everyone understands, this is the only mock draft they're going to need, period, because they're actually both going to be right at the same time, even though they're different. So... All those other mock drafts you're seeing on the internet, just disregard them. <laughs> These are the only ones that matter. Yeah, we're basically Mel Kuyper the third and Mel Kuyper the fourth. <laughs> well, I, I consider myself more of a Todd McShay type. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, Ta-da! <laughs> uh, no, uh, to be honest, I have not watched college football very much at all in the last couple of years. Because um, uh, from the Seahawks perspective, I mean... We've had no first-round picks. We always trade them anyways. There hasn't been a ton of motivation to keep up with the hot prospects out there. Um, really up until the Russell Wilson trade, but been doing some research ever since then and made what I think are decent predictions for this upcoming draft. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i kind of in the same boat. I didn't... I mean, I watched... The Husky games every now and then, and living with roommates that went to WSU, I was forced to uh, endure the Cougs. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, all jokes aside. Um, but yeah, I was. Uh, it was. I found this uh, mock draft to be very exciting, uh, even though I just did it all on my phone in my room by myself, just doing some research. Uh, I it kind of was almost like doing a fantasy draft but being in charge of 32 teams so yeah it, but it was a lot of fun uh i was trying to be unbiased um with my selections i didn't want to give this the number nine pick to the seahawks obviously i didn't want the pick to be just an unrealistic expectation yeah like so, have aiden hutchinson fall to us or something right like yeah, that. yeah yeah so i mean uh, we'll see. Uh, I see you've got a little bit of different picks than I do, which is great. I'm glad that we don't have the same one through 32 uh, going down the list. But do you just want to dive into it or do you want to? Yeah, uh, let's just uh, get going. You want to start with your number one? Yeah. So uh, for my number one overall pick, I kind of uh, went with, you know, the common consensus and took Aiden Hutchinson for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the edge rusher out of Michigan. Um, I kind of think his his resume speaks for itself. You know, he was in the running for the Heisman Trophy at as an edge rusher. So I mean, yeah, that's you I, don't see a lot of that I, these days. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how you can you know really show a better performance than that. And uh, so yeah, the, the number one pick was a pretty easy selection for me. But yeah, on my end, I actually just kind of just to be contrarian uh i picked trayvon walker i've been hearing some rumors that he might go number one overall just because he had an insane combine mm -hmm. um he's a lot more raw than agent hutchinson some might say he's a riskier pick but um his upside is just through the roof so um i think they're about the same size six foot five 275 in trayvon walker's case aiden hutchinson is uh, do you have his size up? I do not. I just know he's a big boy. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, I just feel like Jacksonville is just trying to get, you know, the player with the most upside that they, they can get at number one. So I'm going Trayvon Walker. 
Um, and to segue into the number two pick, I went with Aiden Hutchinson because at that point, um, I definitely think the Lions are just going to pick maybe if Walker doesn't go number one, he goes number two to Detroit. Um, you could also see Thibodeau there. And uh, some people have mocked Malik Willis as high as number two to the Detroit Lions. I, I have seen that. Uh, I can't remember who did that mock draft, but I've I seen know, several. Yeah, I know Mel Kiper Jr. is like obsessed with Malik Willis. Yeah. And so like I think in the beginning he had us taking him at number nine a couple mm. weeks ago, which I think that uh, that uh, rumor, that sort of narrative has changed a little bit as time has progressed i think it's seeming less likely that we that the seahawks sign a quarterback especially after signing geno smith which side note i hated that move (laughs) i don't care if it's for 3.5 million dollars i mean i didn't realize this until the other day but uh geno smith got a dui the night of the final game of the season yeah and then he like threatened to fight multiple cops when they wanted to take his blood because he refused a breathalyzer and he was like saying all this shit like once i get these cuffs off it's it'll be a problem for you and all this shit so i was just like wait so why are we re-signing this idiot yeah and you know what's funny about that is he put out a tweet before those details come uh came out that he was like just wait till all the information comes out before you judge and then more information came out it looked way worse for him <laughs> <laughs> so yeah good job gino i mean i get he has experience in the offense but yeah, I don't know. Pete Carroll likes him. That's why we resigned him. Um, but anywho, who'd you take for number two? Uh, number two, I took the safety out of Notre Dame, Kyle Hamilton. Okay. Uh, he was. I took him just because there's a lot of hype around his name. He's one of the top prospects in this draft, and um, he's a big dude too. I know that the Detroit Lions had a lot of problems in their secondary last last season. They mm. had to move some guys around to. Um, certain positions because they were uh, bottom tier in their secondary. And I just think uh, lining him up, I forget who their safety is. I looked him up, though, and he he's a pretty young player. I think they got him in 2019. Uh, but, yeah, the two guys in the secondary. And then, uh, I mean, I don't know. The Lions are such a wild card every season with their draft picks because yeah. they – seem to get it wrong more often than not but you know um i hope they can do i don't think they're going to take a quarterback because i feel like the relationship between jared goff and dan campbell mm-hmm. i i felt like from what i saw last season they both seem to really care about one another and their progression with the franchise so that's why i went with the safety as kind of just a safe pick mm-hmm. Yeah, some people say Kyle Hamilton is the best player in this draft. I've heard that a number mm-hmm. of places. Yeah. And yeah, the the Lions kind of are a total wild card. And I feel like depending on what they do at two is really going to dictate how the top ten goes. Because if mm-hmm. they do go quarterback there, you might see people just... I mean, you might even see the Giants pick a quarterback all of a sudden. I mean, who knows? Um, but uh, who'd you get uh, at number three? Yeah, so at number three for the Houston Texans, this was kind of a easy pick for me. I went with uh, the edge rusher out of Oregon, Kayvon Thibodeau, and uh, <laughs> when I was making this pick, I wasn't really sure what the Texans' needs were because they're such a bad team, and yeah. uh, Bill O'Brien obviously de- just destroying their whole 
just everything basically from yeah thanks for sending deandre hopkins to the cardinals buddy that was <laughs> just great but uh yeah i i just went with uh the edge rusher just because he, there's a lot of hype surrounding his name potentially mm-hmm. he could even go number one yeah for so, a long time he was the uh, consensus number one in this draft. There's been uh, all these rumors about him dropping because of his interviews and because he has like a cryptocurrency that he started. I don't know. To me, it's kind of just like, well, who cares if he's kind of weird and wants to do side things besides football? Like what can he do on the field for you? That's just my take. Mm-hmm. Um, for me at number three, I had uh Ikim Ikwanu. I probably butchered that. Um, <laughs> But he is the tackle at a North Carolina State. Um, he is called the single most dominant run blocking tackle in the country. Um, and I just feel like the Texans just want to take someone that's gonna, you know, be a cornerstone player. And that's what a, you know, top five tackle typically is for teams. He seems, from what I hear, he's a stand up guy, so he'll probably get, you know, invested in the Texans organization. And, um, yeah, moving on to number four, I have Ahmad Sauce Gardner, a lot of people's favorite cornerback in the draft, going to the New York Jets. Um, I just feel like with, uh, what's his name, coach there? Uh, well, let's just call him Xerxes. Xerxes, for now. yeah. Xerxes is a, you know, defensive minded guy. He's going to want an elite cornerback to headline that. Jets defense that has been pretty toothless the last uh, since Mark Sanchez was relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Ahmad Gardner has a chance to be the best cornerback the Jets have had since Darrell Revis. So I think that'd be a good pick for him. Yeah. Uh, so for number four, for me, for the Jets, I actually took wide receiver Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. And okay. I do think this is a little bit of a reach, but I feel like the Jets are the type of franchise to make those type of reach picks. Um, I don't know. I just <laughs> the Jets front office seems to make a lot of mistakes, and uh, although I think Garrett Wilson is going to be a great receiver, um, he, I don't know. I there's definitely picks ahead of him that i think like ahmad gardner i think that would be a smarter pick mm-hmm. but i could just the jets seem to really want dk metcalf they seem to really want a yeah. number one receiver for zach wilson to throw to i think zach wilson needs a number one receiver to throw to Absolutely. in order to excel in this league and so that's kind of why i went with garrett wilson um he's pretty safe uh safe pick for the wide receiver position i I do like, I personally am biased. I do really like Drake London. I think he's the best receiver in this class, but because he had, he broke his ankle, uh, at the end of last year, I watched a lot of, uh, well, I didn't, not a lot of USC games, but I got to see USC play more than I usually have in the past just because of the Pac 12 team. Yeah, Yeah. And, uh, we watched a lot more Pac 12 games this past season, uh, than I have in years past. So yeah, that's kind of why. I tried to go away from my bias there and just go with the safe pick and Garrett Wilson. And uh, for uh, moving on to the <coughs> fifth ra- or the fifth overall pick for the Giants, I went offensive tackle Evan Neal out of Alabama. This was kind of tough for me because I really want the Seahawks to get Evan Neal, uh, but I 
in all likelihood, do I think they're going to land him? No. I forget how big he is. What is he like? 350? Evan Neal is six foot seven, 350. Yeah. So, I mean, how could you not want a guy like that on your offensive line? Yeah. And And he moves quicker than you would expect for someone that huge. I think he ran like a five flat 40, which for 350 speed, that's, that's hideous. Well, I think, uh, last season, I remember seeing a specific offensive lineman on Alabama and I was just in utter amazement at what I was seeing. Like, how do you, he was just one of the biggest, he was one of the biggest players I've ever seen period. Yeah. And that is a wall of a human being. Yeah. So I, I just don't see him, uh, fall into us. Unfortunately, I would, he would probably be like at pick number nine, who I would want the most in this draft, because I mean, I, I don't see any of the top three edge rushers going to us, but even though I would like an edge rusher for the Seahawks uh, more than an offensive lineman, because I think we need to build from the defense up, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I see uh, Evan Neal probably going to the Giants. And I also made that decision because look at the Giants and what they've done in the past few seasons. Ever since they drafted Saquon Barkley, uh, they pretty much have given him no protection. He's yeah. been swallowed up behind the line of scrimmage. They really need a, a guy that can run block, block and pass block for that matter. I mean, I'm a I'm kind of a Daniel Jones hater a little bit because I think he's Me too. terrible. <clears throat> but um and, but they did just sign Tyrod Taylor, so who knows if they're yeah. going to stick with Daniel Jones. Uh, well, that probably means Tyrod Taylor is going to win the starting job and then get hurt for no reason and then <laughs> daniel jones is going to become amazing because uh, tyrod taylor is the unluckiest quarterback i've ever seen so for me at number five i had uh Kayvon thibodeau going to the giants um i just don't see him falling any further than that i've heard some crazy predictions out there that he might even fall like outside the top 15 because wow. of what people have seen in the pre-draft process and I don't know. I think people are throwing out a bunch of smoke and mirrors to try to, you know, trick other teams into doing this or that. Um, so I, I think that's an easy pick for the Giants if they're looking at number five and Kayvon uh, Thibodeau is still there. And for number six, uh, this is another one where I just keep hearing and seeing rumors about this happening. Um, frankly, I don't really know why they want to do this, but I have Kenny Pickett going to the Carolina Panthers at number six. First quarterback off the board. Um, I think the Panthers got a whole lot more holes to fill than a quarterback. Um, and you saw what happened with Sam Darnold last year. I mean, at one point, what was P.J. Walker starting for them? And they dragged out the you know decaying body of Cam Newton to run for a couple more touchdowns. But, <laughs> man, I mean, I've never been the biggest Cam fan in the world, but it is just depressing to watch him play, you know, post 2020 like he just he doesn't have it anymore um but the panthers get their guy of the future and kenny pickett tiny hands double glove kenny pickett um good player though did really well college was a heisman finalist is uh last year there so yeah to be honest with you spoiler alert for my uh picks for the first round but i only have one quarterback going in the first round so oh wow but i I, see it i think i was being a little conservative there uh i I think teams will get a little quarterback fever. 
I don't know. You saw it last year with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, well, so do you remember like the 2013 draft where like EJ Manuel got drafted in the first round, <laughs> and the 2011 draft where like Jake Locker and uh God, what was that? Christian Ponder. There was a bunch of bad quarterbacks in that draft. Was it the 2017 draft where you had all those guys like Josh Rosen and? That was 2018. 2018. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was a that was quarterback fever right there. Yeah. I mean, what, they have, like, four going to the top ten or something like that? Yeah, because I think you had Baker, number one overall, ba- yep. and then you had Darnold at number three. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I can't remember. I know Josh Rosen went, like, 11 or some, or seven, maybe. I can't, yeah, I can't remember. Man, but. it's it's crazy how hard it is to remember, even though that was not that long ago. <laughs> I know. NFL world moves so fast. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, at number six... I actually took Charles Cross, the offensive tackle out of Mississippi State. That'd be a smart move there. Uh, I yeah, I really, um, I almost had him dropping to the Seahawks, but then I kind of did a little bit more research, and he was apparently uh, very heavy in the pass blocking game, uh, and like I was watch uh, looking up on Pro Football Focus uh, after allowing forty four pressures on five hundred seventy four. Pa- pass blocking snaps last season he gave up only 16 pressures on 719 pass blocking snaps this year so that's that's pretty damn good yeah um i just i don't see him falling to the seahawks because we're we want to go back to the identity of a run run heavy run first team you know and well i think it's our only chance next year if uh depending on who we have at quarterback yeah uh yeah i totally agree with that and uh, so, yeah, I, I'm going Charles Cross, Carolina Panthers. I mean, I I personally don't think Sam Darnold is terrible, but I, I don't know. Get him a little bit more time back there in the pocket. Maybe he could do something, but mm. that's a pretty big if. Yeah. I don't know. It, uh, Matt Rule probably is trying to save his job, so I could see him taking a, a guy like Kenny Pickett to try and save his job. But who knows? Yeah, you could see a Malik Willis type there too, or even one of the other guys. It's it's really hard to predict because depending on who you talk to, that's a expert in this draft. Mm-hmm. Like there's like four different number one quarterbacks in this draft. Yeah, and then uh, so moving on to pick number seven for the New York Giants, I took the edge rusher Trayvon Walker. Mm. I felt like this was a pretty safe pick. I was kind of surprised I had him falling this low. Uh, I guess I just kind of got sidetracked with all the other uh, unique talents uh, at different positions because edge rusher is the, for me, it was the most popular position uh, for the top 10 picks. It's I one of the I most had... coveted positions in the sport besides quarterback, I would mm-hmm. say. Probably the second most. If You, you can make an argument for left tackle, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, those are really the top two. They're typically the top two highest paid these days, too. Yeah, and uh, the Giants. I mean, they have they they're a mess right now, and so I just think starting like like you kind of said with the cornerstone players. I think mm. them getting an offensive tackle and a defensive tackle. I think that will kind of be a good step one in the process of their rebuild. Yeah, you certainly make a good argument for it. Um, I to segue off of that actually. Also in the top 10 have an edge and a tackle going to the Giants. Um, first with Thibodeau, as I was just saying. But at number seven, I have Charles Cross going to the Giants. 
I think that'd be a good move for them. Um, shore up the offensive line, get Danny Dimes some more time back there to mm-hmm. still suck probably. But hey, who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, so for me, that's a pretty easy pick. You mentioned his uh, pass blocking prowess. Um, 16 pressures on 719 pass blocking snaps. That's, I mean, as a Seahawks fan, that doesn't even register in my brain. Because, you know, for us, it's a, it's 160 pressures on 719, usually. Um, and then at number eight, the Falcons. Uh, I thought about this one for a long time. I considered throwing Malik Willis in there. Um, but considering, you know, I, I really think the worst two teams in the NFL right now, just looking at their roster objectively, are the Texans and the Falcons. The Falcons, they are they're in a rough spot because they're still paying a ton of Matt Ryan's contract. I think it might have been a record-breaking dead cap hit when they traded him. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want to say the Colts are only paying like $10 million or less on Matt Ryan's contract this year, and the Falcons are paying like north of like $28, $30 million. Wow, they really got fleeced there. Yeah, they just, they're, they're hitting the reset button, which sometimes you got to do. I just feel bad for that uh, tight end they drafted. What's his name? Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe Mar- Mariota can get him the ball, but uh, I have uh, the Falcons taking Derek Stingley Jr. Um, I just think you know they just want to get someone that's gonna sell tickets and excite uh, that organization. Um, Pro Football Focus has Derek Stingley as the number one corner in the draft. Um, I want to say back in 2019, before he had some injury issues, he was the consensus, like one of the highest graded prospects in the country, period, mm. regardless of position. Um, but yeah, he's certainly got an uh, insane level of talent, and I think he'd, you know, immediately make their defense a whole lot better. Yeah, yeah, no question there. Um, I kind of went on the other side of the ball, uh, as far as like you mentioned ticket sales and stuff. Mm-hmm. I could totally see the Falcons doing that, but they drafted Kyle Pitts last season. And yeah. I was like, what? Why? <laughs> You're a, t- a tight end at, I think, number four they yeah. took him at. That's not going to save your franchise. And, I mean, I know he's a young tight end, but I was like thinking, man, I, I probably would have gotten a guy on the defensive side of the ball or, I don't know, just some – some uh. Just it just seemed like a flashy move to me, and so that's yeah. why I decided to go Drake London out of USC. Oh, okay, wide receiver. Uh, I just I could totally see the Falcons trying to do like a uh, Julio Jones Rodney or Roddy White part two. You know, Tony Gonzalez. Like, yeah, remember back in the day, uh, early twenty tens, uh, late two thousands. They had they had a pretty damn good offense surrounding Matt Ryan and. Uh, I could just, I could see them doing that again, uh, second go around. You know, they, uh, I forget, was it Russell Gage on their yeah. team? He just signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I mean, that's right. And he wasn't even anything spectacular. But who do who are they going to? He played ha- really well down the end of the stretch last year. But yeah, yeah. But he's he's not like a big name guy yeah. like they've had in seasons past. And I I just overall I think you know they're going to need to get another guy to catch the ball. Even yeah. though it's even though it is uh, Marcus Mariota throwing, which by the way, I mean, I don't think he's tear. I mean, Marcus Mariota has a lot of talent, and he's done good things in the league. He's just never really ascended past you know mediocrity. Mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, um, I agree. 
but he he can get the job done. Um, Falcons, I just think they're going to have a rough go of it this year, no matter what they do, mm-hmm. and they're cap strapped on top of it. But uh, yeah, I I think that's a good fundamental player for them to just start, you know, moving on with. Yep, and then uh, moving on to the highly anticipated pick number nine for the Seattle Seahawks, I went with edge rusher Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. Okay. And uh, I've just been hearing a lot of good things about this player. Uh, he had a good combine, apparently. And uh, he, I guess, uh, originally played for Georgia but didn't see a lot of playing time, so he transferred to Florida State and uh, did a lot of great things there as Georgia had like a historically great defense last year or two. Well, yeah, I I mean they won the the national championship. So yeah. Jermaine Johnson, he's one of the best edge setters in the class with twenty three run stops and fourteen sacks in twenty twenty one. So that's something the Seahawks need is a guy that can stop the run and a guy that can get to the quarterback. So yeah. it was a pretty easy pick for me overall. I I kind of tried to steer away from uh, the Sauce Gardner pick, even though on my draft board he's still available, I just I would like to see them draft someone you know that's going to be on the line of scrimmage on either side of the ball. I don't care which side, just get yeah. someone that can you know make a difference up front. The Seahawks are potentially switching to more of a three-four defense with a uh, with a what's his name Clint Hurt, uh, the new defensive coordinator. So if they do pick someone like Jermaine Johnson with his body type, he's probably going to be playing outside linebacker quite a bit and just rushing the passer. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of athletic profiles they're going to pick up on the defensive side on the line this year, because that's a big reason why the Seahawks released Carlos Dunlap is he wanted to be traded from the Bengals because they were having him do three, four outside linebacker stuff. And he's in his thirties not really able to cover running backs and tight ends super well. I mean, there was a few plays last year where I saw Carlos Dunlap trying to cover a wide receiver, and I was just like, get Ken Norton out of here. Um, (laughs) But uh, anywho, so in my dream situation that I've outlined here, Evan Neal is available at number nine, and Seattle doesn't trade down, which I do think they'll probably end up doing here regardless of what happens, but... In my world, they draft Evan Neal here, the six foot seven, three fifty pound monster out of Alabama. He slides immediately in as the day one starter on left tackle, and we have club control of him for the next five years on a relatively cheap contract. That sounds pretty dang good to me. I'd yeah. be happy. I honestly, I would rather have Evan Neal than uh, uh, Jermaine, Johnson. J- Jermaine Johnson, but uh, I just don't see it happening. Um, I would, God, that would be awesome i think we could get that yeah kind of physicality up front but the more quarterbacks that are reached for in the top 10 makes it more likely that we get someone like neil or thibodeau or one of one of those top top tier blue chipper guys yeah um and then for the 10th overall pick the jets using the pick that we traded to them in the jamal adams trade I have them selecting Garrett Wilson, who you had going number five overall, or number four overall, correct? Yeah, we actually have our Jets picks flipped. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. So, yeah, uh, not a whole lot more to be said about Garrett Wilson. Uh, Really good athlete. Uh, He's a bigger guy, isn't he? Uh, He's six foot 189, I believe. Okay. Pretty good size. He can beef up once he gets into the league. I'm sure he will. Um, But uh, they... 
I was looking at him. Apparently, he's got a very natural uh, ability. He uh, produced at a high level from the slot and from the outside. So, mm. a lot of flexibility there. Yeah, yeah. For my tenth pick, I went with Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati, the corner. Obviously, like I just mentioned, where our Jets picks are flipped. Mm-hmm. Kind of, kind of funny there. Little thing we did. Um, yeah, I just the Jets have a lot of holes. Yep, like they do almost every year. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel the like ten year rebuild of the New York Jets. Uh, I don't. I, I'm not so certain Ahmad Gardner will fall to pick number ten, but that's just the the fun part about the draft is yeah. you have teams reaching and you have teams playing it safe. So sometimes good good talented players just fall keep falling and falling. Mm-hmm. And uh that's kinda kinda what I had going for Ahmad there. But then uh at pick number eleven I have uh for the Washington well the football team, the commanders, whatever you want to call them. Um, I actually have them taking Derek Stingley Jr. Oh, okay. Uh, the corner out of LSU there. Uh, just because, again, they're another team that <laughs> they have so many issues. Uh, I didn't I didn't want that, or I didn't foresee them drafting a quarterback just because they just uh, traded for Carson Wentz in the offseason. And... Uh, or did they sign him? I can't remember. They traded for him. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I thought they gave up a pick for him, right? I think it was like a fourth. I'd have to look it up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I had them taking the corner just because a uh, pretty talented player left there at uh, pick number 11. And uh, they seem to have a lot of needs on the defensive side of the ball. Even though their defense was pretty good uh, the season before last, they kind of dropped off last year. And yeah. Um, well, their line is really talented, but I'm, I mean, their secondary is... I, I can't name anyone on their secondary off the top of my head, so... Yeah, I think Landon Collins is the only guy I can think of. Is and he I, still I don't even know if he's still on the the yeah. team anyway. We so. clearly watch a lot of Washington, D.C. football. <laughs> but uh, what about you? Who do you, who do you have at 11? So I have Tyler Linderbaum, uh, center out of Iowa, go into the football team. Um, I'll be totally straightforward. I don't know much about their needs, but I saw that they needed a center. And Tyler Linderbaum is, some people have called him the best center prospect in the last couple of years. Um, I saw um, a film highlight from, I think it was uh, Samuel Gold, potentially. There's a, there's a few people on YouTube that I, I watch their analysis videos, but one of those guys called Tyler Linderbaum the best center they've ever evaluated. Um, really good athlete, uh, really intelligent from what I hear. Uh, it's a little high to take someone like a center. Uh, here's what pro football focus had to say about him. He was already the highest graded center in the country in 2020, but he took his game to new heights in 2021. So I think, uh, we're looking at potential, uh, potentially an all pro perennial pro bowler type of player here. Um, who I would love the Seahawks to have too, but you can't have them all. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then number 12, I took uh, Trent McDuffie out of Washington. Um, I don't know too much about Trent McDuffie, and he's he's not small. He's 5'11", um, but uh, I'm kind of more intrigued by the larger corners because, you know, we had Sherman for so many years. And yeah. um, oh, that 
that pick and career of Richard Sherman really kind of changed the landscape of how people evaluate corners. But uh, Trent McDuffie, he only allowed 16 catches for the whole season last year, uh, which is pretty impressive. And uh, yeah, I just think the the Vikings need some help at corner, and he could probably slide in and be a day one starter. Yeah, that's actually funny you took uh, the local kid because I also took Trent McDuffie at number 12. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's our, that's the first same pick we've had. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I noticed uh, doing my draft research that the Vikings needed help in their secondary, and uh, Trent McDuffie was left. There was, uh, I mean, he's the uh, eighth highest prospect on the pro football focus uh, list of players so i mean i don't know it just kind of made sense to me uh pretty easy pick there yeah yeah uh and then at 13 for the texans i have them drafting offensive tackle akeem equanu oh i forgot he was still available on your yeah at a nc state yeah uh and again uh kind of like my edge pick uh thibodeau going to the texans I just think that the Texans need to build from the ground up, and you need to address positions on the line of scrimmage, I think, uh, yeah. when you're building, when you have nothing. And, I mean, if they were to get a quarterback, I just think he's probably going to get hurt. And Davis Mills did not have a bad season last year. Yeah, I mean, I was making fun of him, honestly, just because his <laughs> name is funny to me. But when the Seahawks played them, it was annoying me how much he was completing passes on us, which, granted, everyone did last year. Yeah. But um, his stats weren't bad, and he got a lot better as the season went on. And actually, behind Mac Jones, he was statistically the second-best rookie quarterback last year. So I could see that. Don't sleep on Davis Mills. Well, yeah, and... I was kind of surprised, honestly, by the performance of the rookie quarterbacks last year. Yeah, it was a rough year for them. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence just got worked every... I mean, yeah, but that, I think that whole organization with Urban Meyer as their leader is yeah. just a joke in general. <laughs> but <laughs> Not um, only are they in Florida, but they're the Florida of the NFL as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. But uh, who, do, who do you got going at 13? So it's kind of funny. Um, I feel like we sort of just have these players swapped um, as far as where they are going. Because at this point, I was looking at my, my big board, and I was like, oh, my God, Kyle Hamilton hasn't been drafted yet. So the Texans are going to take the best player uh, available at this point, and that's an easy pick for them. He uh, is... Very, very highly rated um, from no matter what site you go to, NFL.com, ESPN, Pro Football Focus. Um, people call him uh, just a slam dunk prospect. So uh, he slides right in and makes the Texans slightly more watchable. <laughs> and then for the next pick, um, I have Jordan Davis, the massive, uh, how big is he? Uh, 360 pound defensive tackle that ran a 4.7 40 yard dash 4.79 I believe that I mean I don't honestly know anything else about him other than those two numbers because those two numbers should not be used in association with the same human being yeah that should not be physically possible a car that weighs that much shouldn't be able to do that He's bigger than two of me. <laughs> yeah, and he's probably <laughs> faster than you. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but he's so big, he has to be a nose tackle, more likely than not. So I have him going to the Ravens because they play a 3-4. 
Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, um, not actually too knowledgeable of the Ravens' defense, but I think he would be a, a slam dunk for them at, at number 14. And it just makes too much sense. The Ravens have also always kind of had a... They've also kind of always built around their defense. Yeah, they had they a prioritized that for a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just remember back in the day, it was always it always seemed like in the 2000s, it was the Steelers and the Ravens playing each other in the playoffs late, yeah, late rounds. Yeah, two, two good defenses going yeah. at it. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, for the Ravens, I have the edge rusher uh, George Karlaftis out of Purdue. Okay. Um, don't really know too much about him other than I saw on Pro Football Focus, yes, that is the uh, reference page that Ryan and I use a lot here. Yep. But uh, he was the 10th overall prospect, and, I mean... We were, were sitting at pick 14 here, still got him on the board. So I was like, well, I knew that they needed a uh, an edge rusher or a defensive frontman of some sort. So a little note they put here for Karlaftis. He played at least 49 snaps in all but one game this past season and finished with a 90.6 pro football focus pass rushing grade. So seems like a pretty solid player. Yeah, I remember reading somewhere that uh, they some people said he was the best power rusher. So mm. kind of like the way Carlos Dunlap rushes the passer. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, and then at 15, uh, <coughs> Philadelphia Eagles, I have them taking for what seems like the fifth year in a row a wide receiver in the first round because oh, they yeah. keep missing on all their shitty picks that they make. And like... they could have had DK. <laughs> but instead Sorry, they fans. took... They took who'd they take? Ortega Hassan Whiteside or whatever that guy's name. Yeah, the guy with like three catches. Or it, yeah, or is it Hassan Ortega White? I don't know what three names belong to him. I don't know the order of them. <laughs> and three catches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the and then they took uh, what was the Jalen? Uh, what is that guy's name? Out of that. Was it wasn't he from Alabama? No, he was out of like a Christian school. Uh, um, I can't remember. Yeah, well, that should tell you that much right there. I think the only Eagles game I watched last year was... Oh, Jalen like, Ragor. That's who it was. Yeah, who yeah. I actually picked up in fantasy, and it was awful. <laughs> I might cut him in a dynasty league, and he's 22. Yeah, but uh, I, aside from all that, I have them <laughs> taking uh, Chris Olave from Ohio State. Uh, just another kind of safe pick for them. I think the reason the Eagles have had so many struggles with picking a wide receiver is they keep trying to reach for positions mm-hmm. rather or reach for, at that position rather than just take the best guy available and they took uh Devontae smith last year who honestly i thought it was a good pick Devontae smith is really small mm-hmm. but he won the heisman so yeah you can't ignore that and i think they played it safe taking him he didn't have he uh Devontae smith didn't put up crazy numbers last year but he was still i mean he still put up some numbers i mean he was a decent guy to have on your fantasy team so yeah and honestly um it's really more of the exception than the rule for great receivers to be great their rookie season i mean you look at uh what like um mar chase justin jefferson them coming into the league and you know sort of like odell beckham back in 2014 and just ripping the league apart and being like top five, top 10 wide receivers immediately come out of college. It doesn't happen all too often. Most of the time, I mean, you even look at um, Tyreek Hill. 
he put up okay numbers his first couple seasons, and then all of a sudden he was the best, most feared deep threat in the NFL to this day. Um, so yeah, I, I could see uh, that Eagles receiver doing a lot better. Yeah. What about you? Who you got thrown at fifteen? So I have Devin Lloyd, linebacker out of Utah. Okay. Going there. Um, he's another guy that I don't know too much about, but everything I read um, seems to say that he is one of the better players in this draft period and would go a lot higher if this draft were, uh, I don't know, let's say 10, 15 years ago when linebackers were more highly valued. I feel like linebackers, safeties, and running backs have been hurt the most by uh, modern NFL changes. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, the Eagles need a linebacker. He's pretty much the consensus number one inside backer in the draft. So um, I actually am kind of worried the Seahawks are going to draft him at number nine. Um, it's just, I hope I mean, not. can't you see that happening, though? Yes. They're like <laughs> obsessed with linebackers. I know. They always have been. Please, please don't do it, John Schneider. I know you're <laughs> listening. Um, and then for number 16, uh, here's where I had Drake London going. Um the Saints receivers last year kind of just evaporated into nothing. I know Michael Thomas was the man for a few years there, but he's sort of just fallen off of the face of the earth. A lot of a lot of issues with the ankle there. Yeah. Him, so too many slants. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's a really good pick. I was kind of regretting like once I got to this pick how three receivers went off the board um, because I know that the Saints traded with the Eagles. Didn't they trade up to to get this pick? Yeah, the Eagles had three first round picks yeah. at one point. And so I felt like I was torn between giving the Saints uh, an offensive tackle, but I was wondering why would they trade up just to get a tackle? They probably want like a playmaker. Yeah. So I have them uh, drafting the wide receiver out of Arkansas uh Traylon Burks okay and I heard a lot of hype I haven't heard so much about him lately but I know when the season ended last year for college football he was like top three receivers Mm -hmm. most talked about um I think maybe because he went to Arkansas was probably why he's not considered as higher as guys like uh the two receivers out of Ohio State maybe that's just my speculation I don't watch too much college football as much as I do the NFL, but that was kind of my thought process in in making uh, that decision. But uh, yeah, I got him going to the Saints, and then uh, at pick number seventeen uh, for the LA Chargers, I have them drafting offensive tackle Trevor Penning out of Northern Iowa, and uh, I actually heard a lot of things about this guy a couple of weeks ago uh that he's uh kind of a plays to the end of the whistle yeah and maybe a little bit past uh he's a very physical guy up front and uh kind of just seems like a mean dude yeah in a, in a good way like i mean that's what you want on your offensive lineman you don't want to you know like have a tea party with those guys <laughs> you want to be like this guy's making me uncomfortable yeah yeah and uh so yeah, I have the Chargers drafting him. I just think that's a safe pick for them. They really have all their answers on the defensive side of the ball, I think. They um, they went nuts this offseason. Yeah, so who knows? And, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be fun watching them and 
yeah. really the whole AFC West. I'm, yeah, I'm I mean, excited to watch that. I feel like this next year, um, the Chiefs and Broncos and Raiders might be taking a backseat to the Chargers. I'm, I'm thinking they're going to win the AFC West. Yeah. Um, unless something really bad injury wise happens over training camp, they just look stacked and they're young and they're just. You know when teams get that exciting feel about them, you can kind of see a building for a few years. I kind of get that feeling about the Chargers. Yeah. And I'm all for it because the Chargers haven't been good since, like, I mean, like, I'm talking good, good, like, elite since, like, 2006, Philip Rivers days. Yeah. Um. So, funny enough, uh, another pick where Joan and I are in unison here, I have Trevor Penning going to the San Diego Chargers at 17 as well. Um. This is another guy that I'm kind of worried the Seahawks are going to draft at nine. Not because I, I'm not worried because I think he's bad. Um, I just think he way more makes sense as a right tackle because he's a mauler and a great run blocker. But I, I think we should get, uh, try to get the left tackle position figured out unless they really believe in Stone Forsythe. But um, for the Chargers, yeah, it, it uh, shores up that offensive line, helps protect Justin Herbert, and makes them even scarier for the upcoming season. And for the second Eagles uh, first-round draft pick, I have George Karlaftis, mm-hmm. Edge out of Purdue. Uh, we talked about him earlier. Um, just a solid pass rusher. Should bolster that Eagles defense and uh, be another day-one starter. Uh, yeah. Um, so for my 18th pick for the uh, for the Eagles, I have them taking uh, defensive tackle Jordan Davis out of, okay. Ge- out of Georgia. Uh is he gone off of your draft board? Yeah, I had him at 14 to the Ravens. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess just we flipped those picks, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, because I have Karlaftis going to the Ravens at 14. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just uh, noticed the Eagles needed help up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan Davis was the highest prospect I had left on my board at that position. Um and uh yeah it was pre- it was a pretty like safe pick i would say um who's that defensive tackle on the eagles that's really good been there forever fletcher cox yeah teaming him with fletcher cox that'd be pretty scary is he still on the eagles i thought they released him. they released him and then they re-signed him on a lower contract gotcha yeah it had it i mean i don't blame you for forgetting there was like 20 breaking stories a day for the week where that happened yeah i remember like they would not shut up about it yeah like i mean i forgot amari cooper's on the browns now oh yeah i did forget that too um and then uh after the jordan davis pick to the eagles at number 19 i have another defensive tackle out of georgia uh wyatt okay to the new orleans saints um Saints defense, I know they they were pretty good last year uh, at stopping the run, but I figure why not bolster up that line, get yeah. even, even better. The and, rich get richer. Yeah, and so, yeah, got him going there, and uh, I don't know. Uh, again, those were kind of two safe picks for me, the, the 18th and the 19th. Mm-hmm. Just two really good prospects left on the board. Just have them going there. Well, I went the complete opposite direction with 19. Mm-hmm. Um, this is There's always one pick in the first round where all everyone's like, whoa, where did that come from? Yeah. And uh, I think people have been sleeping on Sam Howell. I think Sam Howell has a really good deep ball. Um, he's like just about the same size that Drew Brees was, maybe a little bigger. Um, but the thing about Sam Howell that intrigues, intrigues me is 
he's not fast, but for some reason he was one of the best rushing quarterbacks in college football last season. Like he mm-hmm. bowls over people, he bounces off of tacklers. He's not that big. It makes no sense, but he just does it. Um, but uh, I see the Saints picking their quarterback of the future here. Uh, they let him ride the bench and learn under Jameis Winston for a season. And, uh, yeah, I just think he'd be a good fit in their offense. And he, the thing about Sam Howell that makes you think maybe later in the draft, is he, if he's still available, the Seahawks might nab him, is he's got a really good deep ball. It's a pretty arcing moon ball. Um, not necessarily Wilson-esque, but some of the throws I saw him uh, spin out there reminded me of it. Well, uh, the only – I know this is totally unfair and completely biased by me, but I every time I see a quarterback out of North Carolina, I can't help but think of – Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> and I don't know. All of the things you just said don't remind me of Mitchell Trubisky. So. <laughs> yeah, Mitchell Trubisky was more of the prototypical like pocket passer safe pick coming out of, uh, coming out of college. So at number 20, I have Malik Willis going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ah. Seems like Mike Tomlin has a love affair with this guy, and I could honestly see a situation where the Steelers trade up and get him because it seems like they really like him. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm basing that off of the demeanor I saw of Mike Tomlin while he was talking to Malik Willis at the pro day. Not a whole lot of substantive evidence there, but I just got a feeling it's going to happen. And it's another one of those things where all I can go off of is my own intuition and the rumors I'm hearing. And I'm hearing a lot of Malik Willis uh, to Pittsburgh rumors. And I would actually really like to see it. The illogical part of my brain wants the Seahawks to get Malik Willis because I just I like him a lot. And I think he's a cool player. Um, But he's very raw, very, very raw. I mean, you think of how hard it is to be an NFL quarterback. This guy only played in, you know college football for two seasons um so he's got a ton to learn but the physical tools are crazy good so i would personally really like to see him go to pittsburgh where he can sit behind trubisky for a year and learn maybe two years um but i would hate to see him go somewhere where he has to start day one and just for a really bad team and just get eviscerated so i think this is one of the best landing spots where he could end up yeah, that's funny. Uh, this is our third uh, pick where we nailed oh, yeah? the same. Is uh, I also have Malik going to the Steelers, and uh, that is kind of like you were saying about how Mike Tomlin was talking with him. I saw a couple clips of that, and I was just like, "Man, is this like a is this like a bromance, a man crush? What, yeah. What's going on here?" So, uh, yeah, I think uh, Willis going to uh, Pittsburgh would be a good. <clears throat> I mean. I don't know. I I just think it makes the most sense. Yeah. Uh, him going there and like you said, he could sit behind Trubisky for a year, maybe two, and just kind of learn. Cause yeah, Liberty. I mean, it's not like he's playing prospects, you know, out of the SEC or anything yeah, like exactly. that. So, uh, yeah, Malik Willis to the Steelers. That makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, and then uh, at pick number twenty one, I have. Uh, the New England Patriots drafting Nicobe Dean out of Georgia. Uh, he, uh, as far as the Patriots needs, I noticed linebacker was one of their positions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you had the linebacker out of Utah going higher uh, than than this guy, but 
I don't know. I just thought another Georgia player. Uh, that's a pretty safe <clears throat> pick. Georgia's defense was insane last year. Yeah, and N'Kobe Dean has elite speed. Like mm-hmm. he would immediately be one of the fastest linebackers in the league. Yeah, so I just yeah, and New England, they're still being ran by the Emperor Palpatine of the league <laughs> uh, in uh, Bill Belichick and Belichick. Uh, I mean, ever since Brady left, I feel like he's focusing more on getting back to that elite defense that the Patriots had way back in the day when Brady first started as a rookie. Yeah, and so I I could just that that pick makes sense to me them nabbing a linebacker at number twenty one. Yeah, that makes sense to me too. So at number twenty one, I have Chris Olave, wide receiver out of Ohio State, going to the Patriots. Mm. Um, I know they just drafted Nikhil Harry a couple years ago, but I just feel like they need more weapons for Mac Jones. Um, if there's anything the modern NFL is showing is you can't have too many good wide receivers. I mean, case in point, the Rams. It's just like every year it seems like they have four top tier wide receivers or at least solid at the worst um so yeah not too much to say about him just i just think that'd be a rock solid pick and uh yeah you might see mac jones take a leap in year two with a little more dynamic players like that and then following the receiver trend i have at number 22 to the green bay packers jameson williams out of alabama um I just feel like the Packers are going to take whoever the best wide receiver is available at this point. Um, I know Jamison William uh, had an ACL injury, um, but I just think he's uh, he's called the best deep threat in the class. Pair that with Aaron Rodgers. Um, be a pretty dangerous combo. Yeah, um, I guess great minds think alike for the fourth time here because I... for pretty much the exact same reasons made the same pick as you i took jameson williams oh yeah going to green bay and i know he got that acl injury but i've also been reading he's a lot more he's way ahead of schedule Mm -hmm. as far as recovering from that injury and i mean seems like a great route runner for alabama uh, yeah one of their best one of their best players uh last season They've been having some so, really good receivers come out the last couple of years. I they kind of always have. I mean, yeah. Julio Jones went to Alabama. That's right. And uh yeah, they've just they've always produced top-notch guys and uh I just think yeah, Jamison Williams, he'll be the best receiver available at number 22. All the all the other prospects will be gone and uh I He's think He's a guy that I think if he didn't have the injury would probably go higher than this. Yeah, too. I agree. I agree completely with you. Um, that being said, uh, moving on to pick number 23 for the Arizona Cardinals, I took cornerback, uh, Andrew Booth out of Clemson. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, they just, from what I was reading about Arizona, they seem to have a lot of needs at the cornerback position and, uh, on the other side of the ball, the wide receiver position. Uh, they also, uh, have a lot of needs there. I mean, obviously they got rid of, or they need someone to fill that second, uh, wide receiver to throw to i know they have uh deandre hopkins but uh yeah i just i don't know i don't see them taking a receiver um i i could see them using that pick with a cornerback because they struggled in their secondary last year and uh, i think andrew booth is the uh one of the better remaining corners out there at that respective pick and position yeah that certainly makes a whole lot of sense um 
for the Arizona Cardinals, uh, I have your guy that you took a few picks ago, Devontae Wyatt, mm. going to them. Just a really good run defender, um, dealing with, uh, obviously, the 49ers and us in their division. You know, stopping the run is paramount in the NFC West, so uh, that's someone who we'll have to contend with. Uh, but I think he shores up their defensive line and just is a contributor. Um, and this next pick, uh, I kind of just literally looked at position because I don't know a whole lot about this guy. Um, but the Cowboys needed a tackle, so I had them picking Bernard Raymond, if that's how you say his name. Sorry if it's not. As I was alluding to, don't know a ton about the guy, but he's a solid prospect, earned the second highest grade of any offensive lineman this season, and only allowed 10 pressures. So that's someone who could, you know, compete for a starting job in Dallas and give Dak a little more time back there. Yeah, um, I think that's a solid pick, uh, mainly because that is my pick as well. I think the Cowboys are going to go with an offensive tackle because, I I mean, a couple years ago when Tony Romo was their quarterback, their offensive line was insane. Yeah, they remember, had a wall. Remember in the 2014 season how good the Cowboys were? They, yeah. they came into Seattle and just ran all over us well, because and it we seemed couldn't like stop his, uh, DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray. And I remember in that game, it was like every time they ran the ball, DeMarco Murray wasn't even getting hit until he was six yards past the line of scrimmage. It was crazy. And that's when we had the Legion of Boom and still a stout defense, and yeah. they were, like, pushing us around. Yeah, so, yeah, they were manhandling the likes of Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett and, you know. Yeah, uh, and... Did we still have Lee Bain in 2014? I can't remember. Uh, he, it, was, it was either yes or he was on the Chargers by then. I can't, yeah. I can't remember he either. might have, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think... I could see Jerry Jones... It Well, the thing that... I've noticed about Jerry Jones in the past with drafts is he gets he gets very um I don't know, he gets uh sold into the hype game by by big names like CD Lamb yeah. and, and uh and uh Micah Parsons and what well, both both great players, but they both are big names coming into the draft yeah. and um well it's also Dallas. I mean, for whatever reason, they're like the biggest media team. Yeah. So and so uh, I I can see him going away from this route, but I don't know. I just think I could see the Cowboys trying to get back to that uh, dominant offensive line, controlling the line of scrimmage on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, they have so many weapons on the offensive side of the ball already that I think them filling those holes at offensive line would really um, step up their game. And then uh, for pick number 25, I went with, this was kind of a, uh, well, not kind of, this is a major uh, reach here, but I went Buffalo Bills drafting running back Brees Hall out of Iowa okay. State. And uh, I I don't know if they'll actually do that. However, I just think, you know, they They've had issues at the running back position. I mean, last year I thought they were going to draft Najee Harris, but mm. uh, he obviously went to the Steelers. And uh, I just the, the the Bills' run game has been pretty pretty non-existent. I mean, they've had Devin Singletary, they have Zach Moss, but again, 
it's been pretty non-existent. Those yeah. guys haven't contributed much. I mean, hey, mo- take it from me. You're talking to a guy that has Singletary on his fantasy team. So <laughs> I know it's not been great. And uh, yeah, I just think you know, with Josh Allen being a majority of their run game, he you're not gonna want to have him keep getting hit because look at what happened to Cam Newton. Exactly, and I think he's the best comparison. I think Josh Allen is way more talented of a passer than Cam Newton ever was, but mm-hmm. they're they're both just big, massive you know, like biggest player with the ball in their hands kind of guys. Yeah. And so I just think Brees Hall kind of gives Josh Allen that maybe potentially a read option opportunity to play in the, I mean, it really opens up the run game. I think if That'd you had a, a player like, uh, like Brees Hall in the backfield for if, Buffalo. Yeah. I actually really like that pick because uh, I think Buffalo is already a Super Bowl contender. You know, they got mm-hmm. Von Miller. They were, arguably like a Super Bowl top tier team last season. Um, you get an exciting player like Brees Hall in the backfield and, you know, running backs, you kind of just draft them and slide them right in. And they're as good as they're going to be mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, um, except for Shad Penny. Um, but anyways, uh, I think that would make the bills really exciting and yeah, that'd be a good one. Well, and uh, sorry to cut you off there, but uh, you remember last year, like midway through the season, the bills started to get exposed a little bit because they couldn't run the ball. Yeah. And like, remember they got beat by the Jaguars. Remember yeah, that? I remember that Josh Allen that. versus Josh yeah. Allen game where Josh they just... Allen kicked Josh Allen's ass. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really think the bills would be smart in, even though that's a reach pick, I think they would be smart in t- filling that hole. Yeah. Um, I just realized I didn't pick a running back at all in the first round. So spoiler alert. Um, I This is another one of those picks where I was looking at my board and I was just like, oh, this guy hasn't gone yet. So he's going to go here. Uh, I have Jermaine Johnson uh, falling a little bit to the Buffalo Bills and just giving them another weapon on defense. Um, not too much to think about there. You already mentioned his uh, accolades in college. Um, but yeah, I think he would just make the bills even more frightening to play this is i'm not gonna lie this is making me a little nervous about my jermaine johnson pick to the seahawks since you have uh. going all the way down <laughs> to 25 but i mean that's the whole point of the draft is yeah, you're I, you're guessing and going off of your own weird opinions and biases yeah i mean i could have thrown him in at 11 and i would it would have made just as much sense to me yeah. so um, yeah, honestly, I don't. I don't see Jermaine Johnson falling to this far. I just was like, oh shit, I forgot about Jermaine Johnson. Um, <laughs> anyways, this is why every NFL team doesn't hire me simultaneously to be the GM. Uh, at number twenty six, I have Zion Johnson, uh, guard at a Boston College, going to the Tennessee Titans. He started his career at Davidson. I don't even know what that is. That's where Steph Curry went to school. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, transferred to Boston College. So he's uh, played a lot of college football um, and really rose up the board in the last year or so with this uh, senior season he played and only allowed six pressures. So um, Titans get another solid addition to their offensive line make a wall for Derrick Henry, and if Ryan Tannehill is still there, uh, him as well. Nice. Um, for pick number 26, I took the wide receiver out of North Dakota State, uh, Christian Watson. Don't really know too much about him, but I did see his name in a lot of mock drafts mm-hmm. uh, in the later later picks for the first round. Um, He's this year's DK, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> well, 
And I have him going to, of course, the Titans, uh, just because I feel like they need another guy uh, alongside A.J. Brown. They just released Julio Jones this offseason. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're, they're another team, too, that I think is just a couple players away from maybe getting to the big game. Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to agree with you. I feel like when it comes to the Titans, though, I I feel like if they were gonna make the Super Bowl, it would have been either 2019, 2020, or this year. Um, I think they've ridden Derrick Henry into the ground. I think he's still gonna be good, but he he keeps he's starting to get injured, and Tannehill seems to be cooling off whatever late career hot streak he was on. So yeah, we'll I, see. The potential is certainly there. You're right. I'm yeah. just I'm I was a believer in the Titans a year ago, and I'm starting to uh, be more on the sell side of of the Titans. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of why I went with the wide receiver pick, just because, you know, maybe ease up on the Derrick Henry workhorse yeah. train. And uh, Makes a whole lot kind of, sense. of, you know, spread the ball around other than just pounding the rock 35 times a game. But then uh, after that wide receiver selection at pick number 27, I have guard Kenyon Green. <laughs> going uh to the bucks out of texas a&m uh this one was kind of just honestly i had to look up the tampa bay needs because i thought about what they needed and i was like well they have everything they want they have tom brady they have uh elite receivers they have elite running backs uh and i don't know their defense is already really pretty damn good so Mm -hmm. why not try and draft a big beefy offensive lineman that can help protect your 45 year old quarterback yeah and i actually have nothing to add because i had the same player going to number 27 uh to the buccaneers Kenyon green Mm -hmm. um really not much more to say about the guy other than the bucks are uh, a pretty wealthy team as far as talent is concerned and this is one of their only holes so he slides in and gets to play with the goat so to speak (laughs) Um, and at number 28, uh, I thought about this for a second, and then when I uh, really realized what the Packers have lost this offseason at the receiver position, I'm like, I wouldn't be so shocked if they did this and took two wide receivers in the first round. So I have Traylon Burks out of Arkansas going to uh, Green Bay. Um, I just think, you know, Aaron Rodgers, they just gave him that insane contract, but it's probably the last contract he's ever going to have in the NFL. Um, Just considering his age, I know he's gotten two MVPs in a row. He's not slowing down at all. He looks better than ever, but it's he's taken a lot of hits in his career. He's been injured off and on in his career. I just I think it's it's all in now or never mode uh, for the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers and. Really, when you look at the landscape of the NFC this year, I think their only competition is the Rams and the Bucks. So the NFC is, is kind of wide open. And, you know, for the, I couldn't even tell you how many times in Rogers' career, they're probably just going to have a cakewalk to the NFC North crown. So, um, yeah, I think uh, Traylon Burks can come right in and help them hopefully uh, get past the divisional round this next season. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty funny that you took a second wide receiver for the Packers because I did the exact same thing. (laughs) I thought that it wouldn't be too crazy for them to add to Rogers lists of needs and wants for playing for them. And although I don't have uh, Traylon Burks because I had him off the draft board relatively early, 
Uh, I have Jahan Dotson out of Penn State mm. uh, going at pick number 28. Uh, and not really a lot of reasoning went into this other than uh, he seemed like one of the better, one of the best wide receivers left. Um, Pro Football Focus has him at uh, size concerns, only 5'11", 184, but uh, <clears throat> he only dropped two of his 93 catchable targets last season. That's pretty mm. damn good. Yeah. And uh, so, and I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers throwing to you. He's going to get the ball to where only you can catch it. And if he can catch everything, I think that's a pretty good formula to for Green Bay to go ahead and draft this kid. Yeah. And then uh, following pick number 28 for the Chiefs, I have them drafting edge rusher David Ojabo Ojabo out of Michigan. Uh, And again, this was just another uh, kind of a safe pick. Uh, The Chiefs' defense, I mean, their offense is clearly the better of the two. Mm -hmm. And uh, they needed needed some help up front. And I just thought, you know, guy out of Michigan seemed like one of the better edge rushers left. I mean, this was, I feel like most of my draft board picks are either wide receivers or edge rushers. I know. It's just kind of the nature of this draft, though. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, so funny enough, I had Ojabo falling to the Seahawks at 40 um, because oh, nice. he, he uh, injured his Achilles at his pro day, mm-hmm. so he might not be ready for the start of the season, and that'll hurt his draft stock. Um, but that's just me kind of daydreaming. He'll, he'll probably still get picked in the first round. Um, for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, I, like you, went defense, but I went with Andrew Booth Jr. because he was still available on my board. Mm. Um, I'm not sure how big of a need cornerback is for the Chiefs, but you know, watching the way Josh Allen absolutely torched them, even though they won the game, um, they could get better. So, uh, Booth uh, is said to have some of the best feet in the class, and uh, just at this point in the draft, would be the best corner available. So, uh, I have him going there. And for the second Chiefs pick at number 30, I have their. Tyreek Hill replacement and Sky Moore mm. going at number 30. Yeah, I've seen that name uh, throughout the prospect board, uh, but didn't pull the trigger on him going uh, in the first round. I just saw that he has elite shiftiness, and for me, he's kind of their uh, Tyreek Hill replacement, mm-hmm. um, potentially. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, I was listening to some some videos yesterday about uh, potential sleeper picks that could be pro bowlers, and he was he was on there. And uh, just looking at his highlights, he looks just like super shifty, really hard to bring down with his uh, quickness and lateral ability. So, uh, yeah, I think he could come in and um, help fill the void that was left by Tyreek Hill's departure and cost a fraction of the bill. Yeah, no, that that certainly makes sense. I that makes kind of more sense than my pick here with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh I went with a corner. Um I wasn't really sure how dire their corner needs were either. I just mm. I think I looked up what their needs were. I took Kair Elam out of Florida. Um and he just seemed like one of the better cornerbacks left uh on mm-hmm. the draft board so i just went with him going to kc and kind of like you said about josh allen torching them and really just them not getting back to the super bowl 
Uh, it was a, a variety of things, but their defense certainly could have played better than they did yeah. uh, against the Bengals and against the Bills, even though they won that game. Absolutely. Uh, and, I, I mean, they changed the overtime rules this offseason because it was everyone was complaining about had Josh Allen gotten the ball that he would have marched them down the field and scored. So really it just they got unlucky the bill in the Bills and mm-hmm. not being able to have the ball that one final drive. What was funny about that to me is the next week, the Bengals and Chiefs went into overtime and Mahomes threw a pick right after they got the coin toss. So, I mean, I I don't hate the rule change. I think it's fine, especially because it's just for the playoffs. But it's just kind of funny how reactionary people can be to things. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm kind of indifferent about the rule change. I do think that a... A coin flip should not determine, should not have that big of a say in the outcome of the game. Yeah. But I, like you were saying about Mahomes throwing a pick against the Bengals, which was an awesome moment, by the way. But, uh, cause I was rooting for the Bengals. I was, I was a Bengal bandwagoner last year. I'll admit that. Oh, me too. But Still am. Ha- had half their, half their offensive roster on my fantasy, my two fantasy teams. Uh, uh, pick number 31. Uh, for the Bengals, I have them drafting a guy you took a little earlier than I did, uh, Tyler Linderbaum. Oh, okay. I have him going to Cincy. Uh, they could certainly use the O-line help. Yeah, and that was just my main reason, is you could put up the argument that the Bengals lost the Super Bowl to the Rams due to their uh, offensive line struggles. I mean, yeah. I am sure you've seen that photo of Jamar Chase uh, torching Jalen Ramsey yet again. Uh, but Burrow just couldn't get him the ball in that final play because Aaron Donald was already in his face. Yeah. Wrestling the him Bengals to the ground. The Bengals left guard did about as good a job blocking Aaron Donald as I would have. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I mean, you pretty much hit it on the nose earlier about Tyler Linderbaum and how good he potentially may be, so I just kind of rolled with that. He was the highest uh, prospect left at that position. Really, that's the first center that I took in the first round but mm-hmm. yeah i have him going to cincy to help protect joey b so kind of similar situation i uh had another guy you had uh earlier quite a bit earlier in the draft going to cincy and nicobe dean linebacker out of mm. georgia um i'm not too aware of the Bengals necessarily needing a linebacker help but if they're not exploring a trade option here He's got to be the best player available and a great value at that pick. So I think for them, it's just a no-brainer. We were just in a Super Bowl. I mean, don't don't reach for a offensive tackle when you can just take an impact player um, all the way at number 31. And then to round out the draft, I have Desmond Ritter, quarterback out of ah. Cincinnati, going to Detroit. And um, it's funny enough, I feel like Malik Willis was setting the world on fire in early March, but the last like week or so, I've been hearing a bunch of rumors that Desmond Ritter might get drafted a lot higher than some people are thinking. And um, I've watched some film on him, and I can see why people like him so much. Um, he is uh, actually really fast. He ran a 4-5 flat at the Combine. Um, and apparently, people say he's just very knowledgeable, got better every year in college, but my issue with Desmond Ritter is like his accuracy is sometimes holy shit bad. Like, and 
maybe he can um, work on his mechanics a bit in the NFL with some uh, top tier level coaching. But something about the way he throws the ball just it just kind of bothers me. And when my armchair quarterback evaluation is like the way the ball comes out of their hand and how fast the release is, that really entices me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've fallen for some guys that ended up sucking really bad in the NFL because of that. But in general, I mean, like, look at the way Aaron Rodgers throws the ball. It's like a whip, you know, like less than a quarter of a second is out of his hand. Believe it or not, Tony Romo had a really fast. Yeah, he had. He was why he was one of the reasons why I really liked watching Romo growing up a lot of got a lot of flack for it. But he had a beautiful throwing motion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, Detroit gets their quarterback. Desmond can work on his accuracy for a year. And honestly, I think the lions could be an up and coming team if they stick with Dan Campbell. Um, they're not close. They have a year or two more to build, but, um, they play hard for their coach. And that's the biggest sign of a team that could get, uh, could be something. So I think they get Ritter, let him sit for a year and then, Maybe in 2023, 2024, watch out for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, uh, I think I think that's a pretty good pick because I was flaunting with the idea of maybe the Lions taking Kenny Pickett at 32, but I shied away from the quarterback uh, just because, I don't know, something about watching Dan Campbell and Jared Goff and, you know, when they won their first game, it was like he went up and hugged Dan Campbell immediately and it, uh, they just the two of them seem to have some good chemistry together, mm-hmm. and so that's why I, I shied away from the taking a quarterback for Detroit. But I took linebacker Devin Lloyd out of Utah. Okay, for the yeah for the Lions, uh, just because he again was probably the best player left at that specific position, and it seems like. The Lions. I don't really know a whole lot about their needs because they seem to have a lot of them. But yep. uh, linebacker, uh, I feel like I read was one of their main positions they needed filled, and so I think uh, Devin Lloyd is probably the most suitable candidate to fill that position. That'd be really good value at number thirty-two as well. I mean, I have some people. I've seen a lot of people drafting him in the teens so mm-hmm. that'd be a good pick and with that that is a wrap so this is being recorded on april 18th 2022 so by the time we get this out there may be some other crazy trade i mean maybe baker mayfield's on another team which would change things but um, for now this is as jr takes season so thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening. Uh, hopefully you guys uh, were able to relate a little bit with our picks. Hopefully I didn't whiff on the Seahawks pick completely. Hopefully Ryan didn't whiff on the Seahawks. I mean, you took the pick that I wanted the most. But, but it's probably not. <laughs> yeah, but uh, again, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.